Hello everyone and welcome to the Wellnash podcast. I'm Natasha, but you can call me Nash, and I'm a holistic health and nutrition coach with a passion for helping driven women who are experiencing stress and fatigue to balance their hormones through nutrition and lifestyle. My mission is to help women move from simply surviving to thriving so that they can live their best lives. Whether you're looking to manage stress, improve your energy levels, or simply feel more balanced in your daily life, this podcast is for you. So welcome, and let's have some fun exploring the world of holistic living together. Hello, happy Monday, and welcome to a new episode of the Wellnash podcast. Uh, I am sorry uh, if you hear any background noise, there is some construction work happening outside of my building, so I hope it's not disturbing too much. But anyway, let's dig in, in the topic of today. Uh, I want to talk to you about a topic that I find really fascinating, which is the topic of epigenetics. And I will go into the definition of epigenetics in a moment. Uh, but first of all, I would like to be fully transparent with you about the fact that I am not a scientist myself. I am a health coach who is also very interested by understanding how our bodies work. And I do research about this and I, and I love reading about these topics. So I will be sharing information to the best of my knowledge and I am open to feedback from your side and to corrections, if there are any, as I tried to simplify and distill this information to bring it to you. So let's talk about first, uh, about before we move into the definition of epigenetics, let's talk about the nature versus nurture debate. And this debate centers around the question whether it is nature or genetics that dictate who we are or nurture our environment who shapes who we are. And what we have, uh, most of us have taught is that we, who we are is a product of our genetics. And the nature side of the debate argues that human behavior is primarily determined by biological factors such as genetics, hormones, and brain structure. On the other hand, the nurture side of the debate says that human behavior is mostly shaped by environmental factors such as upbringing, culture, education, and socialization. So studies on identical twins who were separated at birth and raised in different households have actually helped scientists understand the different traits that are more affected by nature or DNA versus nurture or household. But the question is with identical twins that actually live together where it has been observed that some health difference between the two can happen. So how do you explain this if DNA is the same and home environment as well? This is where a third influence besides nature and nurture comes into play, which is epigenetics. C.H. Waddington was a British embryologist and the first one to introduce the concept of the epigenetics in the 1940s. And what it is, it is the study of changes in gene expression. The idea is that the underlying gene sequence we are born with never changes, but the expression of this can we can turn genes on and off according to a number of different factors like age and or environmental factors like in, that include diet, stress levels, social connections, etc. So how epigenetics works is that it modulates the epigenome. So above the genes, there is an executive center, if you will, that controls how these genes express themselves. So what this means is that if there is a disease that runs in your family, you are not doomed to experience that faith as we were led to believe for a long time. 
And while it is true that some people are more predisposed to certain diseases, there are more and more studies that are revealing that healthy aging, longevity, disease, and all these things are influenced by many other factors. So this means that we can take control over our health through lifestyle. And one of the processes that uh, through which epigenetics happens is DNA methylation. And I'm not going to go uh, a lot into the details of this because I'm sure there are far better resources that explain this in a better way and are better suited to explain this in scientific terms. But just briefly, DNA methylation works by adding a chemical group to DNA. And typically this group is added to specific places on the DNA and that is how genes can be turned on and off. When a gene is methylated, it may become less accessible to factors that are required to turn the gene on. And this can result in a decrease in gene expression. And the other way around, when a gene is unmethylated, it may be more likely to be turned on, resulting in increased gene expression. And this um, serves as a good bridge for me to talk about a very important study uh, and a very famous one in the, in the subject of epigenetics that studied the correlation between the maternal behavior during pregnancy and the long-term health consequences for the offspring. And this study is called the Aguti Mouse study. It was conducted at Duke University and it investigated how maternal diet could affect the expression of the Aguti gene in mice. The Aguti gene codes for a protein that regulates pigmentation in mice and also increases the risk of obesity, diabetes and cancer when overexpressed. The researchers found that when pregnant mice were fed a diet that had supplements that promoted methylation such as folic acid and vitamin B12, their offspring had a lower expression of the Aguti gene and a healthier phenotype, including a brown coat color and reduced risk of obesity and other diseases. So this study suggests that even the environment of an expectant mom and everything she's exposed to, the stress, if she smokes, the supplements she takes, the food she eats, if she moves, can all be transmitted as chemical signals through her bloodstream to the fetus, leaving an epigenetic mark. This epigenetic mark is called an imprintum. And this mark can be imprinted during the development of the fetus or in infancy, and this is how epigenome can be modulated. So the question rises, if the question rose in the scientific community, if we can change our genes in utero, can we change them as we get old? Do we have the same capabilities in adulthood? And the answer is yes. There are hundreds of genes that we can influence and we can actually reverse our, our biological age. This is very similar to neuro neuroplasticity, for which I will do an episode soon because it's also a very fascinating subject. Neuroplasticity happens in the brain through a different mechanism, and it also happens in response to the environmental stimuli, and it also implies changes in the structure of the cells. So neuroplasticity and epigenetics, they both have implications for health and disease. For example, neuroplasticity plays a critical role in learning and in memory, while epigenetic changes have been linked to the development of diseases such as cancer and other psychiatric disorders or psychiatric disorders. So our, our environment, our sense of fulfillment, the people we surround ourselves with, these are all signals that are picked up by our genes and epigenetically modified and 
methylation happens. Science has a way to measure these methylation patterns which are responsible for the modulation of our epigenome. And these things can be hardwired by practicing the right things or the wrong things. So for example, chronic inflammation, which happens uh, from a poor diet, for example, can cause changes in the epigenetic landscape that can contribute to the development of diseases. So we can modulate genes to perform at their optimal level and we can even change harmful epigenetic tags or epigenetic marks or imprintums. And another thing that is very interesting is that these tags can be transgenerational. If my grandma had a lot of stress, this can be passed on to my mother and to me, but it can also be changed, as I mentioned. So we all experience trauma to a certain extent, and it has been shown that through PTSD, genes have been marked very heavily, creating alarm responses in everyday life, this activation of hypervigilance. So the more traumatic something happens, the more the genes can be tagged. And to this point, I wanted to refer to the work of neuroscientist Rachel Yehuda, who is a professor of psychiatry and, neuro and the neuroscience of trauma. And she examined some studies that were done in the 80s uh, on the PTSD rates of the Israeli soldiers after the invasion of Lebanon by Israel. And these studies had found that PTSD rates were higher in those soldiers whose parents had survived the Holocaust in Europe during the Second World War. And through epigenetics, she explained that this predisposition, predisposition to PTSD was determined even before they knew who their parents were, so when they were still in the womb. So those effects don't actually change the genes we inherit, but they do alter the activity via the so-called epigenetic mechanisms. So. You might have heard of generational trauma, and um, I think that this is very linked to that concept and how actually trauma can be passed on through generations, but we all know how we can actually stop generational trauma from going on through the other generations. So the epigenome can be modified through various types of intervention, and this is very powerful information because for a long time we lived under the paradigm that we need medication to save us from our bad genes. And because we are not powerless and we have a lot of influence in the expression of these genes, this is a different paradigm. And don't get me wrong, I am very thankful for the advances of modern medicine. These advances have helped me personally, they have helped my family, and they have helped my loved ones. But what we also need to do is to empower ourselves to know that we can influence our um, genes and the expression of them and not only rely on medicine all of the time. This is the model on which epigenetics works. We can slow chronic illnesses or sometimes we can even stop them if we take the right actions and if we implement the healthy habits that are good for us. So how do we think differently about what we do now that we know that there is this imprint that regulates everything? So this is why meditation, or therapy, social connection, or other behavioral changes in our diet, because we know that they signal to our genes to establish a different imprint for these genes, for example, that have been marked by PTSD, we need to take control of our lifestyle on a day-to-day -day basis, right? This calls also to think more about integrative therapies that look at the whole body and not only at 
parts independently from each other. So the point is to send the right message to your epigenome, to change the operating system, if you will. And this goes against the fallacy of genetic determinism and the myth that genes create disease. 95% of all illnesses are related to lifestyle choices, chronic stress, and toxic factors in the environment. So each of us truly hold our health in our own hands. Your genetic destiny is determined by how well you eat, how you mitigate your stress, and how you move your body. So the purpose of this episode was to show you that um, critical it's critical that we focus on our lifestyle and on our everyday habits in order to cure ourselves or in order for, to prevent disease from happening. It's important and it's very interesting information for us to know our family history, but it is also very important for us to know how much influence we have because we do have it. And I think that today we are called to be more aware and to be more inclined to adopt healthy lifestyles, we are, right? We do not have the excuse that our genes are a certain way or that we inherited certain disease or that we are doomed to inherit a certain disease, right? We might be predisposed, like I said, but we have a lot of power. And that is why I wanted to share this episode with you today to kind of give you an extra layer of motivation, because I know you're all motivated to implement healthy habits and to make uh, lifestyle changes that you know you need to do, but this might give you another layer of motivation, another explanation, another reason to do this. So this was a shorter episode and I hope you liked it. Um, again, I am very open to any feedback from your side, any corrections, any additions to this, uh, to this topic. Uh, if you liked it and you found, found it useful, I would be happy if you could share it with a friend of yours. If you think it deserves so, giving me a five-star rating would help me a lot with the visibility of the podcast. And until next time, I wish you a lovely week.